Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is September 27th, 2022, and our first story. The U.S. is accused of sabotage after the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines rupture. Now, this is just internet speculation, but Joe Biden previously stated that if Russia invades Ukraine, there will be no Nord Stream pipeline. That was more than just saying he'd shut it down. Biden said he would end it. And now people are posting a viral video of Biden threatening this after the pipeline itself ruptured and explosions were detected. In our next story, an insane viral video shows a hundred people ransacking and looting a store as a woman twerks up on top of a counter. Crime is getting worse. And in our last story, updates on Hurricane Ian. Please get ready for this and evacuate if you need to. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Sabotage feared as gas pours into Baltic from Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines. Seismologists detect spikes in undersea activity, possibly indicating explosions amid three simultaneous leaks. Ukraine is blaming Russia, saying the attack on the pipeline was terror to cut off supplies to Europe. However, the Nord Stream pipelines were not delivering gas to Europe. And for that matter, Russia controls access on their end. So it seems that whoever did this did not have control, but we really, really don't know. In the era of psychological operations and false flag attacks, we have no idea who did this or why. But online, the U.S. is suspected of having carried this out, maybe not directly, but maybe with some involvement. In a viral clip, Joe Biden said in February that if Russia invades Ukraine, the Nord Stream pipeline would be shut down. A reporter asks, but how would you do this? Europe and Russia control it. And he says, promise, I promise you, it will be shut down. Now people are sharing information on a NATO operation near the island where this leak is, is taking place. We've seen, let's just say there was an operation to work on mine detection. Some are suggesting it's the perfect cover for a false flag to plant the devices that were then used to detonate the pipeline and spill the gas. We don't know for sure. But my friends, either way, this is the kind of thing that can lead to serious international conflict and, dare I say, world war at a time 
when we are very much concerned about a civil war in the United States. We're we're concerned about the escalation of the conflict with Russia, which may be happening as Russia is now mobilizing 300,000 troops. And it's being reported they have the potential to mobilize up to 700,000 more people. Viral videos showing desperate Russians fleeing the country, not wanting to engage in war. But it seems like things are spiraling out of control. Jordan Peterson, I believe it was Dr. Peterson, who recently said Russia can't lose. Well, he said it's naive to think that Russia would lose because they refuse. This is a war on the Russian border. And Vladimir Putin has access to nuclear weapons. So why would he lose? If he doesn't want to, he will just use nukes. It's possible. And I don't mean blowing up London or New York or D.C. I'm talking about low yield nuclear weapons in strategic ways in Ukraine to take the territory. Now, the question is, was this really sabotage? It seems likely as seismologists detected what appears to be explosions. And if it was sabotage, as we believe it is, as many do, who did it? Well, of course, the U.S. has a motive and it seems to make the most sense. Why would Russia blow up its own pipelines when they're not even pumping gas? It's a tough question. It could be a false flag operation to frame the United States. Why would the U.S. blow it up? Well, there is actually good reason. They're Russian controlled pipelines designed to feed gas into Germany, into Europe. It's through Gazprom. Now this, it all comes together. I don't know for sure. I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers. But what I do believe is that the war in Ukraine has a lot to do with Gazprom. Gazprom runs pipelines through Europe and Belarus into Europe, and they have effectively a monopoly on gas into Europe. To go back to the beginning, I've long talked about the Qatar Turkey pipeline. The U.S. and its allies wanted to build a pipeline through Syria, Turkey into Europe to offset the Gazprom monopoly and lower prices for Europeans. However, Syria said outright, no, we will not defy our ally Russia. Lo and behold, a revolution occurs in attempt to uh, attempting to oust Assad. And the U.S., of course, opposes Assad. This had a lot to do, in my opinion, with Gazprom and, and the opinions of experts. I've just read their assessments. Ukraine then started pushing towards joining the EU and NATO. And Russia said no. Now, Nord Stream pipelines seemingly have been sabotaged, cutting off the potential for Russian gas into Europe making Europe more dependent upon, well, someone else and dramatically weakening Russia's ability to export. And let's just be real. Russia's economy is heavily dependent on exporting this gas into Europe. So what does this mean? I can't tell you much beyond that, but I can read the news and we can talk about who might be behind this. And it might not be the US. This could be Russian false flags. We don't know. But let's go through the evidence and I'll talk about why people are suspecting the U.S. was involved. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member in order to support our work as a member. You'll get access to the uncensored TimCast shows as well as you will be directly supporting our journalists who work on a variety of stories all day, every day. The members only show is Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. And our journalists are wholly supported by you as members. So if you like the work we're doing, we need your support. Becoming a member at TimCast.com. Check out the Cast Castle vlog, Tales from the Inverted World, our other shows with more to come. Smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Let's jump right in to the official news first, and then let's try and break down what's going on. From The Guardian, they report gas is pouring into the Baltic Sea from three separate leaks on the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines. Denmark's energy agency confirmed on Tuesday 
amid claims by seismologists in Sweden and Denmark of two sharp spikes in undersea activity, possibly indicating explosions and speculation about possible sabotage. Now, the first thing I want to do is I want to show you a map. I believe we have it here of the Nord Stream pipelines. And you can see these the, the, the green line and the purple dotted line. This is Nord Stream one and two. It means North Stream. And you can see both come from Russia moving through the Baltic and into Germany, both of them. Now, the, the, what, what happened is that near the island of, I think it's Brisholm. Let me make sure I can get this, uh, get this right. Bornholm, sorry, not Brisholm, Bornholm, uh, uh, Denmark. It's where the leaks are occurred. It's also where they detected the explosions. They say a seismograph on the Danish island of Bornholm near where the leaks occurred twice recorded spikes on Monday, the day on which the Nord Stream 1 and 2 gas pipelines underwent dramatic falls in pressure. The German Geological Research Center, GVZ, said, now take a look at this. What we have here in this image is bubbling. Now, this can suck in a, a ship of a large size. So what they said was the streak is around a kilometer. What happens when bubbles are emerging to the surface, it breaks surface tension. And when a boat goes over it, it's basically sitting over air. You just sink right in. So it's very dangerous. More importantly, it's natural gas. So there's that, too. A Danish military flight over the leaks brought back striking images from the ruptures, including one showing an area of bubbling gas a kilometer wide on the area's surface. Take a look at this. The bubbling gas, that's a kilometer. That's crazy massive. They mentioned that the seismograph recorded near silence until after midnight, 2 a.m. local time, where there was a spike representing a tremor in the earth, followed by a continuous hissing waveform. The pattern was repeated at 5 p.m. GMT. Amid the speculation over sabotage, suspicion immediately turned to potential culprits, with fingers pointed at Russia, whose pipelines were hit, suggesting a further weaponization of energy supplies to Europe in the midst of the conflict in Ukraine. Not least, it was seen as poss- a possible message about the vulnerability of other marine gas infrastructure. There are some indications that it was deliberate damage. You have to ask who would profit. Let me just slow down there a minute and say, do you think we're stupid? Why would Russia blow up its own pipelines? A false flag, perhaps? Maybe. Maybe. But come on. I am less inclined to believe that. Russia, if they don't want gas going into Germany, could just turn off the pipelines. And they did. But what about taking away the negotiating power? That's why it makes more sense. It would be the U.S. or Western interests who would blow this up and say, now you can't negotiate at all, Russia. You've lost a bargaining chip. Russia could come back and say to Germany, you give us what we want. We turn the gas back on. How about that? And maybe you start to see with protests in Europe, people saying, give Russia what they want. So they turn the gas back on and lower our prices. Low. The pipelines burst. And now there's damage and the supply is weakened and they can't restore, uh, restore the, the gas to Europe. What are you going to protest now? Then you come out and blame Russia for doing it. Whose fault is it? Russia. They're the reason you're not getting gas. Sorry. It's hard for me to believe that Russia would blow up its own pipelines, assuming they were blown up. GVZ declined to be drawn on whether the tremors recorded could have been the result of an explosion. But scientists at the research center ruled out the possibility that the leaks could have been caused by earthquakes. Quote. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. 
Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. There was a spike. And then regular noise, a GVZ spokesperson, Yosef Zen, said, we cannot say if that could be gas streaming out. Quote, from a seismologist quoted by Swedish television, uh, a, a seismologist quoted by Swedish uh, television suggested the activity may have been the result of explosions. Bjorn Lund, director of the Swedish National Seismic Network, which measures, measures Swedish earthquakes, told the SVT television channel the event one of which registered a 2.3 on the Richter scale may have been caused by an undersea detonation. You can clearly see how the waves bounce from the bottom to the surface. There is no doubt that it was a blast. We even had a station in, how do you pronounce this, Nyastya, that picked this up, said Lund, who also lectures in seismology at Uppsala University. Earlier, the Danish prime minister, Matt Frederiksen, said sabotage could not be excluded. It's very concerning news, he added calling for a prompt investigation. Indeed, we are talking about some damage of an unclear nature to the pipeline in Denmark's economic zone. All right. We don't know for sure. Javier Blas on Twitter says the subsea pipelines linking the North Sea gas fields and then Norway with the rest of the continent and the UK are among the most strategic assets right now for Europe. High time for maximum protection. Cyber attacks against energy assets are, too, a key risk for Europe. Let me, let me show you this. Now, you might think it's Russia, and, I, and I'll tell you, right now, we from the BBC, Ukraine accuses Russia of pipeline terror attack. Officially, Russia is being blamed by the West for attacking their own pipeline. But that would be like Russia coming out and claiming that Bush did 9-11 or something. I just don't believe that is the most likely scenario, that a nation would destroy its own assets. Now, you can talk about a lot of reasons why they might. Maybe, the, maybe they're trying to send a message that they're not going to give the gas back. I don't understand why they would eliminate their own leverage. It makes no sense. And then Reuters, February 8th, 2022. If Russia invades Ukraine, there will be no Nord Stream 2, Biden says. Now, hold on there a minute. If Russia invades Ukraine, there will be no Nord Stream 2. February 8th. Well, Russia did invade Ukraine. This is not talking about shutting down. It's talking about eliminating. Let me show you the video from townhall.com. Let me play for you this video. First question. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. Full stop. He said we will bring an end to it. He didn't say we will cancel the contracts. He didn't say we will suspend the gas. He said we will bring an end to it. Here we go. 
But how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control, we will. Uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. And then he smirks. I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Sorry, I'm not going to believe that the simple solution on this on, uh, to this is that Russia blew up their own pipeline after Biden had already threatened there will not be a Nord Stream 2. Now, that's interesting. Now, a lot of people responded and I'm seeing these tweets go around. This one's interesting from NATO.INT. The ball tops 22, a perfect opportunity for research and testing new technology. They say, June 12th, 2022, a significant focus of ball tops every year is the demonstration of NATO mine hunting capabilities. And this year, the U.S. Navy continues to use the exercise as an opportunity to test emerging technology. They say in support of ball tops, U.S. Navy Sixth Fleet partnered with U.S. Navy Research and Warfare Centers to bring the latest advancements in unmanned underwater vehicle mine hunting technology to the Baltic Sea to demonstrate the vehicle's effectiveness in operational scenarios. Experimentation was conducted off the coast of Bornholm, Denmark, with participants from Naval Information Warfare Center Pacific, Naval Undersea Warfare Center Newport, and Mine Warfare Readiness and Effectiveness Measuring, all under the direction of U.S. Sixth Fleet Task Force 68. Quote, in prior ball tops, we demonstrated advanced capabilities to detect, reacquire, and collect images of mine contacts and transfer those images in near real time to operators through the use of a specialized office of Naval Research UUV, said Anthony Constable, Office of Naval Research Science Advisor of the U.S. Sixth Fleet. This year, through the work of NIWC Pacific and NUWC Newport, we are showing that the capability can be integrated into programs of record by executing complex multi-vehicle UUV missions with modified U.S. Navy fleet assets. I don't know if this means anything. And a lot of people are going to see this and speculate. We have this photo. This is Lieutenant J.G. Chris Bianchi, assigned to Explosive Ordnance Disposal Mobile Unit. Eight, prepares mock explosives for a peer-side training event during exercise Ball Tops 2022, June 10th, 2022. Could it be that under the guise of mine detection, they had mock mines and explosives, and they used the opportunity off of Bornholm to plant bombs? Could be. Could be. But we don't know for sure. We don't. This could very much be, if you want to speculate, you could speculate that Russia, knowing ball tops happened, chose this location as a target for a false flag attack to claim they've been attacked. And I'll tell you why that may make sense. Nord Stream 2 delivers, 1 and 2, they deliver gas from Russia into Germany. Right now, Russia is trying to conscript people to join the war effort, and we are seeing them flee in the masses. Now, I don't know how much of these videos are true. For all we know, it's all bunk BS. However, Russia needs a morale boost. And what would the purpose of, a, of, of bombing this pipeline be for the U.S.? For one, to eliminate Russian leverage in negotiations, negotiations with Germany, as I mentioned. If the pipelines don't work at all, Russia can't offer anything in exchange for surrender. Not necessarily surrender to Ukraine, but they could say, stop supporting them, we'll bring the gas back. But there's also this. Russia has now been attacked and they have everything to gain from being attacked at a time when they need public support for this war. We 
will not know who did this. And you can make up any reason in the books why it's the US or it's Russia. But I will say, I will not lean towards it being Russia. I just think when you're starting off by saying someone attacked themselves, you extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And right now, what we know is this is closer to Germany, where Western forces are, Western powers are. The Navy was conducting operations there. I'm not saying it's proof anything happened, but I'm saying if you want to call it 51 to 49, it leans towards the U.S. having done this because Joe Biden said we would end it. Why would I believe it was anyone else when Biden comes out and says we're going to end it? It will be ended. Well, OK, then when it ends, sounds like it's on you. Is it possible that Russia is exploiting this as a false flag? Sure. But if it's within the U.S. interest to end the Nord Stream pipelines, they said they would and then they ended. Why would I assume it's anyone else? And you get these stories coming out like Ukraine blaming Russia for this. Now, of course, Ukraine needs their propaganda all the same, which is why I don't think propaganda efforts alone are enough for me to believe that Russia did this to themselves. The BBC reports Ukraine has accused Russia of causing leaks in two major gas pipelines to Europe in what it described as a terror attack. Ukrainian, Ukrainian presidential advisor Mykolo Podolyak said the damage to Nord Stream 1 and 2 was an act of aggression toward the EU. He added that Russia wanted to cause pre-winter panic and urged the EU to increase military, military support to Ukraine. That's actually not a bad reason, but reason alone isn't enough. If a bank gets robbed, and there is a guy who is broke who lives next to that bank. And there is a guy who is not broke who bragged about how he was going to rob the bank. I'm not going to go after the other guy. Or a better example is a guy lives next to the bank. He's broke and he's demanding the bank release his frozen funds. The other guy was sitting back being like, if this guy tries to demand his funds back, we're going to rob the bank. I'm like, OK, well, that guy clearly did it, right? At least that's who you assume. Ukraine, of course, is now using this to demand the EU to request to urge the EU to increase its military support for Ukraine. Both sides are going to say the same things. But pre-winter panic is not a bad reason. Russia, if they were to cause damage to their own pipelines and frame the US, could then tell Europe, they could say, if you're suffering to the people of Europe, if you don't have gas, it's because they attacked us. It's a good reason to stage a false flag, isn't it? The operator of Nord Stream 1, said the undersea lines had simultaneously sustained unprecedented damage in one day. Denmark's Defense Command has released footage of the leaks, which shows bubbles at the surface. Now we know the pipelines were not operational. They weren't. So gas wasn't coming in anyway. Yo, I think if I were to make a bet, if I had to, I'd say the West did this, not Russia. This is taking away key leverage for Europe because they could get Europe to back off. They could turn the pipelines back on. I don't think Nord Stream 2 was ever activated. I'm not, I'm not sure. Nord Stream 1 was delivering gas. Now it can't. Now Russia has nothing to offer. So what does Europe do? They go to the West and say, OK, we need energy. What do we do? Biden says, all right, man, we're going to release strategic oil reserves to lower the cost and bring you energy and force you to back away from Russia. Now, here's here's one of, one of the one of the theories. Germany and Russia were negotiating behind the U.S. the U.S.'s back and the U.S. needed a way to stop this. So they did. Again, I don't know for sure, but that's at least one one working theory that I think makes the most sense. Now, back on September 2nd, we saw this from The Guardian. 
Nord Stream 1, Gazprom announces indefinite shutdown of pipeline. Russian energy company had been due to resume gas delivery to Germany on Saturday morning. The Russian energy uh, major Gazprom extended the shutdown of gas flows through its Nord Stream 1 pipeline to Germany on Friday evening, providing no time frame for reopening. The move comes hours after G7 countries agreed to impose a price cap on Russian oil. A tit for tat as it was. In the image, we can see Russia's gas supply routes to Europe. We can see here that we've got three major lines running through Ukraine. You've got the Progress, the Northern Lights, and the Soyuz. You've also got down through, uh, I believe this is the, uh, the Black Sea. Is it the Black Sea? You've got Blue Stream and Turk Stream. And that's going into Southeast Europe. And it's also going in, Blue Stream, I believe, is going into, I think they're both going into Turkey, actually. They're both going into Turkey. You then have this, uh, um, the Yamal Europe line going from, uh, from Russia into Belarus through Poland to Germany. There still is a path for energy to, res- to, to make its way into Europe. But we can see the Nord Stream line has been shut down. I believe this has been the main reason for this war. But I got to be honest, there's probably big reasons why we won't know for sure. I don't have access to confidential information, top secret information. So what we see on the surface about these gas pipelines may just be that surface information. We just don't know. Fortune.com. It's the worst ever collapse of the pound, but far from the first. Here's a look back at the biggest sterling shocks all the way back to 1971. The pound is down. It's near uh, dollar parity, meaning the British economy is in trouble. It's around a dollar seven. A buck here is a, is a pound seven over in Europe. That's crazy. Or I'm, so, uh, I'm sorry, a, a, do, a, a, pound, a dollar seven here is a pound over in Europe. I read it backwards. The euro is also tanking. That's not all bad news for, for the United States. This could actually be good news. And you have to wonder about this. Here's the big conspiracy. You want the big, big conspiracy? Russia's in on it. That's the big conspiracy. Now, I don't believe it, but there are some people that are circulating a theory that the Rus- Russia's war with Ukraine is energy control, energy reduction. I mean, think about it. Russia goes to war with Ukraine. People in Europe are then no longer using gas. For some reason, Russia then shuts off gas to Europe. There's all these sanctions. Gas is way down. Farmers are told to stop farming. Whether Russia's in, it, Russia's in, an, in on it or not, this is really good for globalization. You see, now the euro and the pound are dropping to the same levels as the dollar. And why both the pound and the euro? Well, for one, the European economy is being shocked by war. Sure, that's the simple answer. But the conspiracy theorists think, look, in order to create globalization or unified economic bloc, you need to stabilize currencies to the same level. That's happening. So whether intentional or not, this is good for big, I don't know, for, for international trade, as it were, normalizing economies and labor value and all that stuff. But we'll see. It doesn't mean much beyond that. And I think that's a really far-reached, far-reaching theory. The only thing that can be said is that it's going to get bad. Right now, let's go back to the fear of sabotage. We have that tweet from Javier Blas saying, cyber attacks against energy assets are too a key risk for Europe. When I've in the past talked about the threat of industrial control system attacks, fifth generational warfare, fourth generational, I believe, I was told that it was no, no, it's impossible, and it's crazy, it's crazy. We saw a refinery explode, I believe it was in Philadelphia, around the exact same time that Donald Trump had a strike group aircraft headed towards Iran. 
Trump said he called off the strike because too many people would have died and it wasn't worth it. But shortly before, I believe shortly before the attack was called off, a refinery in Philadelphia exploded. To a normal person, you would assume it's just an accident. Malfunction, perhaps. But I've interviewed security experts discussing industrial control systems, and I've seen the demonstrations. Through the internet, they can blow up critical infrastructure. The U.S. did it with Stuxnet. We saw Iranian centrifuges explode. And it is now known Israel and the United States collaborated on a worm that eventually made its way into the computers in Iran, which caused the Iranian centrifuges to explode. The virus did nothing on normal machines, but once it found the centrifuges, it caused them to spin uncontrollably until they detonated, until they, maybe detonated isn't the right word, but until they blew up, overheated and collapsed. Cyber attacks are real. And if you think that's the only time they have done it, you'd be wrong. Which brings me to another theory. Fire breaks out at world's largest produce market in Paris. Interesting. Captain Marc Lemoyne, spokesperson for the Paris fire, said no one was injured. The fire was brought under control and there was no risk of it spreading from the soccer field sized warehouse covering an area of 7000 square meters. That's crazy. The cause of the blaze was unknown, but will be investigated. The reality? Sometimes fires happen. Could it be that people have been setting fires across Europe? We have seen a lot of churches get burned down, but who knows? As for this market, could have been an individual act of sabotage. Most likely an accident. Fires happen. But I think it's important we pay attention at a time when oil pipelines are blown up because you won't know unless they want you to know. It's an important thing you need to understand. When you were being, uh, I, my friend, he worked in uh, cybersecurity and, and uh, infosec stuff information security. He said, look, if you figure out you're being followed, they want you to know you're being followed. It's more of a message than anything. Crazy stories, man. Crazy stories from my security expert friends. He was he called me one day huffing and puffing, panting. And uh, he was at a bar in I think it was San Diego. And he said a couple of guys were staring at him and he noticed. So he decided to leave. He leaves. He walks down about a block and then notice they come out and start walking towards him. So he turns the quarter, then goes in a full sprint, turns into an alley and ducks behind a dumpster. And then those guys he sees go running past. They were following him. They were spying on him. He was, he's a guy who had done a bunch of security with international interests, to say, say the least. And perhaps they wanted to interrogate him, as it were. Or who knows what? Who knows what they would have done to him? But anyway, my point here is this. If you're actively involved in this kind of work, then I'll say just because you're paranoid, it doesn't mean they're not after you. You might think, nah, I'm being paranoid. There's nobody. There's nobody. But maybe at some point you should consider the real possibility. Now we scale that up. When you're actively involved in a ground war, when NATO is supplying weapons and resources to the Ukrainians, much to the chagrin of Russia, don't be surprised if Russia starts to attack your critical infrastructure. So could it be that Russia attacked Nord Stream? For sure. The project isn't all Russia's. I think it's silly because Russia could just say, no, we're not going to give you gas. And that's what they're doing. And I don't believe it's the simple answer, but it is possible. It absolutely is. One big factor here. Take a look at this story from the Daily Mail. Putin squirms in his seat as Belarus dictator Lukashenko rants about men running away from mobilization in Russia as huge traffic jams on Georgia border are captured in images from space. The Belarusian president monologued and spouted rhetorical questions in his rant to Putin today in Sochi. 
Putin sat silently, clearly uncomfortable as he listened to his counterpart insisting that Russia would win the war. The call for mobilization has proved wildly unpopular throughout Russia, sparking protests and a mass exodus. But what if Russia were to be attacked? What if following this attempt at mobilizing, a Russian pipeline was destroyed? Putin could then come out and say, you need to fight. They are destroying our motherland. They are attacking our resources, our interests. You must. That could be the morale boost they needed. Public support for the war, I assume, will go up following this. In Russia, no doubt they are right now claiming that this was an act of sabotage from the West to disable their ability to make money, to set them back and to hurt the Russian people. I think so. In the meantime, four Russian warships and three Chinese naval ships, including a guided missile cruiser, are spotted off the coast of Alaska. You're not going to know. We fancy ourselves so smart. We think that because we have modern technology and radio, we just know what's happening. But you don't. We don't know what just happened here. We got word very quickly that the pipeline was damaged. We assume it's sabotage. The media does. Security experts think it think it was sabotage. But we didn't find out until sometime afterwards that something happened, despite the fact that we have access to all this information. I've been watching Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul. I finished Breaking Bad. I thought it was OK. I think Better Call Saul is way better. I love the characters in the show. They're well, really well written, especially in Better Call Saul. There is a, a, a plot element in both shows about dead drops. And I'm watching this, uh, uh, this scene where, you know, early in the show, they're doing dead drops. You know, Jesse Pinkman, younger guys, they put the drugs in like a gutter and then like a, a, a gutter pipe. And then someone shows up later and then takes it out and puts the money in or something. The funny thing is how effective it is to leave a random item in a random place and not have to worry about someone finding it, because that's the reality. You could walk into a big empty field knowing full well that there is a box full of gold buried somewhere in it. But you come in a 10 acre field and you're going to be going, where do you even begin to look? Now, with enough energy and resources, you might be able to find that hidden box of gold. But somebody who knows exactly where it is, it, ca- it takes zero energy, zero. They walk up, they say, you walk 10 paces, there's a, there's a, a rock that looks like a pyramid. And right below it is a box of gold. But if you knew that box was there and you walked in that field, you'd have no idea you'd have to search every which way up and down. Where would you even begin? So you could literally hide something in plain sight, but in a large enough space. What I mean, why I bring that up is that when it comes to this war, is that we think we know. We think we know what's possible and what's not possible. But in reality, one guy can mosey on over in a tiny little boat, drop some explosive device, and that's it. And no one will have seen it coming. And no one will know what happened or when, despite the fact that someone walked up and did it. Because it's just too big a space. Maybe if we've got global spy satellites tracking every single person all the time, but that's just not possible, at least not yet. What I think you may be looking at with the Russian patrol ships and Chinese around Alaska. Don't be surprised if there's not retaliation. Russia may retaliate even if it is a false flag. It's an opportunity to be like they attacked us. But I got to tell you, an attack like this, it's an escalation towards World War III, whether you want to hear it or not. Whether it's a false flag from Russia 
or maybe not even a false flag. Maybe Russia just attacking the pipeline, which I don't, I don't see why they would. Or maybe it was a direct act of sabotage from the West. Either way, this is cause for escalation. So we'll wait and see. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. For those that live in the South, it's time to start getting ready for Hurricane Ian. This is serious. They're saying, I think it's going to be a Category 3. The National Guard is being deployed. Evacuations have already begun in Tampa. And a lot of warnings are going out. So considering the rapid increase in strength and the direction the storm is going, I think it's important to give you guys an update on what's currently happening and what y'all should be doing if you are uh, in the Florida area now. I got to say, we got a lot of friends down in Florida because a lot of people have fled to Florida. And now, lo and behold, Florida is in the path of a major hurricane. We can see here, this is the map for Google. I want to show this first and foremost. You know, normally I, I would prefer to do like some opinion and commentary on some of the news stuff. But at the very least, I think, you know, we want to try and help keep, keep people alive. And so covering what's going on with this hurricane, I think at the very least can do that. Though I can't imagine... It would get as much traffic as, say, doing a video about escalating crime rates and the, and the Russian gas line sabotage. But no, I, I hope I, I can use this platform to try and give you guys some information that I'm reading. Just take it seriously. Some people are saying they're going to stick around and, 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 and wait through it. You know, I don't know. Look, I've, I've been through some hurricanes. I think they, people definitely overhype what a hurricane could be. But this is a Category 3 coming right in off the Gulf and slamming into Tampa. So it's probably going to get really, really bad. Here's the uh, projected forecast so far. Currently, Hurricane Ian is over Cuba, and it's going to make landfall in Tampa Thursday around 2 a.m. So you have a couple of days to prepare for this. Already in Miami, we are seeing flooding, winds, rain. There's, I got a video sewer cap popping off. The National Guard is being deployed. I just hope everybody takes it seriously, because even beyond this, it is going to be moving up through the south. It's, it's going to go over Atlanta, and as it makes its way, over Florida, into Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Virginia, it will be substantially weaker. I am not a meteorologist, but I just uh, I think people should take this stuff seriously because I've seen way too many people not, you know, at least throughout my life. But here's the news. The National Guard is mobilized as Florida gets ready for Hurricane Ian. 300,000 people are evacuated in Tampa as Monster Storm ramps up to major Category 3 and 125 mile, mile an hour winds lash Cuba before it is due to pass west of Florida Keys today. The Hurricane Ian strengthened to a Category 3 storm and made landfall in western Cuba this morning. After barreling through Cuba, the hurricane forecast uh, to hit Florida as a Category 4 storm with 140 mile an hour winds. Officials in Florida have declared a state of emergency over the strengthening storm, warning residents to leave. I believe I have a tweet here from Christina Peshaw. She is the uh, spokesperson for uh, rapid response director for Ron DeSantis. Tampa evacuation zones. If you cannot read the markings on the picture of the map and you aren't sure if you're in an evacuation zone, visit Hillsborough County site at floridadisaster.org slash no. That's capital K-N-O-W, which has zones for the entire state. So we can see here. I mean, look, it's pretty serious. There's probably going to be a major storm surge. And all of these areas in red, I believe, are expected to see 70, 74 to 85 mile an hour winds and potential tide heights of up to, I think this is that 11, it's not 11 feet, is it? That, no, is that inches? Which one's feet or inches? I can't, I don't know if it's like the single or the double apostrophe. Hopefully, oh, it's feet. Okay, it's feet. 11 feet. Dude, seriously, you guys, 
take this one seriously for real. All right. So thousands of locals were evacuated from across Cuba with officials in the Sunshine State warning residents to get out now. After barreling its way through Cuba, the hurricane is forecast to strengthen to a category four. Eleven. This is crazy. In, it, in one it, we're talking about in, in zone C, it could be up to 22, up to 31. That, that can't be right. 31 feet. That's what it says. Potential tide heights could be up to 31 feet. That's that's massive. 38 in some areas. I see. I see. So let's see. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that high. I think the water will have to get that high to reach those areas. So if the storm surges to around 11, it's going to hit these areas in red. I could be wrong about that. But then as the as the elevation goes up, as you move further away from the coastline, it's going to require a higher tide elevation to hit those areas, which it which it um, may do, I believe. This is crazy, though. It's saying the wind velocity wind velocity can be 156 miles an hour and over in some of these areas. I'll just put it this way. I'm not a meteorologist. I don't know for sure. If they tell you to evacuate, y'all should evacuate. They say a surge of up to 10 feet of ocean water and 10 inches of rain is predicted to drench the Tampa Bay area with as much as 15 inches in isolated areas, enough water to inundate coastal communities. Terrified residents have been desperately digging huge trenches to redirect floodwaters from their homes, while others have stripped supermarket shelves bare of water and essentials. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I genuinely mean this. This is important. And this is why I often I've, I've shot this stuff out. Safeandreadymeals.com. If you are in Florida right now, sorry, this ain't going to help you. Safeandreadymeals.com is a sponsored spot. And uh, it's emergency food buckets. You can get a one-month, 30-day emergency food kit. It's for one person, I believe, 2,000 calories per, 2,011 calories per day. Can stay safe for up to 25 years. Look, if you've got a family, each person's going to need one of these. It's food. So here's what I tell people. Sometimes it rains. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. People are digging trenches and they're raiding the supermarkets. That means supermarkets' shelves are running bare. There's photos popping up already. I don't know if I have the photos here. Look at this. Here you go. Bears supermarket shelves in St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg store on Monday as grocery stores across the state report being sold out on various vital supplies as Hurricane Ian looms in the state. This is why I shout this stuff out, not because the apocalypse is coming, but because sometimes hurricanes hit, especially if you're in Florida or in the Gulf. Here's what it means. You don't got to rush to the store in a panic. You probably should still go and try and buy supplies, but they're selling out of food. The stuff lasts 25, lasts 25 years. You buy it, you put it in the closet, you forget about it. You get one for each of a member of your family. And then for 25 years, you don't got to worry about it. In the event you get a hurricane like this, you're going to be substantially better off. Chance favors the prepared. I want you all to be safe and be ready. They say it usually arrives within four days via UPS. Too late for those that are in the path of the storm. But for anybody else, consider this. There are earthquakes. There are major floods. There are storms. Maybe you're in a spot that's fine. That's fine. I'm just saying, I hope people take this stuff seriously. Safeandreadymeals.com. And here's what happens. In the event you never actually need to use it in an emergency, you can crack it open and eat it because it's food. So it's just always good. It doesn't, it's like, unless you sit around for 25 years, it ain't going bad and you're going to be able to eat it. But the reality is you should have food and water because right now, and, and this one really grinds my gears, man. People are rushing to the store right now with news of a category four, category four storm about to slam into Tampa. And now they're going. I get it. Everybody waits until the last minute. That blows my mind. Think about what this means for any other natural disaster or any other political conflict. People do nothing until they're staring down the, the, the barrel of a gun. In this instance, the barrel of a hurricane. 
Y'all didn't. Okay, fine, whatever. You do all your grocery shopping at the last minute, and then you'll be in the parking lot in line, and you're going to see two people fighting over the last can of beans because they don't have food. That's why I'm just saying, I'm not telling you to be a prepper. Although maybe with the political climate in this country, maybe now's the time to actually start being a prepper. I'm just saying, if you don't have your emergency supplies, good luck when it comes to a storm coming down. Because if you think you're going to go out in the last minute and find what you need, you're probably not. These empty store shelves, I guarantee you it means there is a, there is a massive number of people that don't have anything. People who rush to the, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you. When Fukushima, when the reactor got hit, earthquake, tsunami, I was in Los Angeles. It was crazy. And so my friend immediately said, Maybe we should buy some potassium iodide. Potassium iodide is a, it's a tablet you take that replenishes the iodine in your system into your thyroid so that your body doesn't absorb radioactive iodine and use that in your thyroid, potentially causing cancer or other complications. So we decide, OK, let's as soon as the reactor hit, as soon as it hit, as soon as the news broke, there's a nuclear reactor getting hit. Sold out everywhere. No joke. We went, we went around all the different pharmacies and they said, sold out, sorry, sold out, sorry, we don't have it. I was surprised. I was like, I thought we were the smart ones. I thought we were the ones who were paying attention to the news, who knew what you need to get in the event of radiation, potassium iodide. Nope. People went around and it wasn't just like a guy went and said, I'll take one box of potassium iodide. No, people went around and bought all of it. And then we saw people trying to resell it. That's a reality. They exploit those who are not prepared. Now, to be fair, I'm not sure anybody could have been prepared for a nuclear plant disaster in Japan. Nobody saw that coming. For storms and stuff and emergency food and water, everybody can see it coming. It happens all the time. We have hurricane season. Take a look at this. Bare supermarket shelves. Home Depot customer waits to get her hands on propane tank. People are buying wood paneling. Protect your windows. Yeah, man. Take this stuff seriously. You know, the scary thing is you often hear about deaths in hurricanes. It's not like you'll see like a million dead or 100,000, but there could be dozens. Yo, it could be you. You never know. You could be the smart person who did everything right. And then your window blows out and a rock hits you in the head. You don't know. Take this stuff seriously. So and I, I always want to. Look, there's a lot of political news going on right now. And part of me is like, I'm not doing I'm not a guy who does weather reports. Like, what am I really supposed to say about this? But I hope a segment like this can just get y'all to take it seriously. If you've got loved ones in Florida, just seriously take it seriously. I'll put it this way. If you could buy a lottery ticket and in the event you won those lottery numbers, you died. Would you buy that lottery ticket? The answer is no, of course not. What's the point? There's no upside, right? That's what I tell people when it comes to stories like this. Maybe the chance of you dying in this storm is like one in a million. Is that worth taking the risk? No, man. We've got too many good friends who've moved down to Florida, who are running businesses down there, businesses we care about. I got a lot of friends who moved down there because everybody loves Ron DeSantis. That's why I think it's important. We do a video. I put out a segment. I tell you guys, just take it seriously, man. Because with the election coming up, the last thing we need is Florida being, you know, uh, hurt by this. But I suppose I'll put it this way. Yo, to all the leftists who mock the idea of being prepared, and they do, they make articles and they say, ha look at Tim shouting at emergency food. Well, these storms are going to negatively impact people who don't pay attention and liberals. The more conservative types are probably armed and they probably have emergency food and water already because they watch videos like this and they're like, you know, you don't need to dig a trench 
dig a, a bunker and, and fill it with 30 years worth of beans, but you can have some supplies and be ready for it. But what we see from the left consistently is they mock the idea. Here, take, let's take a look at this map. Hurricane Ian watches and warnings. We've got in Tampa a warning. Tropical storm warnings for Fort Pierce, Fort Myers, Orlando. Tropical storm watch for the Miami area. Miami isn't in, in the direct path, but you're going to get hit. Already, I think we have a video right here. Already Miami. Check, take a look at this. The storm's still in Cuba. And you've, and you've got water bursting out of a sewer. That's crazy stuff, man. Take a look at that. Man, I lived in Miami for a little while, and it's all there's already a lot of flooding problems as it is. So to see this now, and, and Miami's not even the direct in the direct path, you're going to get hit. It's going to have an impact. Hurricane watch in effect for Pinellas County. We've got, look at this, huge queues snake back for miles on the I-75 south of Wildwood in Gainesville, Florida. Yo, take evacuation seriously. I was in a, categ- I was in a couple category ones and we didn't evacuate, but that's because we were prepared. We had big camp, we had canned food, we had emergency supplies, and this was Irene and Sandy. I was in, I, I think Irene was in Virginia and Sandy was in New York. New York flooded. It was like three or four feet of water on the Lower East Side. It was crazy to see windows that were kind of elevated, blown out from the storm surge. A lot of people truly underestimated what a storm could do. Because here's what happens. The hurricane starts rolling in. And here's what happened in New York. You could hear this humming. Because the wind was going over the buildings. But in the city itself, down on the ground, the wind wasn't able to navigate through these buildings. So it was mostly fine. I'm standing down by the New York Stock Exchange when all of a sudden and very, very quickly, water starts rising up. I filmed all this. It actually might be on my other YouTube channel. I'm not sure which channel it's on. And uh, water is, is just slowly filling up and you can see it getting several feet high. The winds of the storm were pushing the surface water. This is what happens. And because the winds don't stop, the surface water just keeps being pushed forward and then surges up onto land at high elevations. The building we were in, water burst up from the ground. It was crazy to watch. We go downstairs and it was a, it was a data center. And then all of a sudden we see water just burst up through the floor. So panic, of course. There was a, there was a generator on top of the building and they were like somebody, the power goes out and they were like, or it wasn't like backup. I think there was backup power, but you couldn't use the elevator. And they were like, who's going to climb 35 floors to the top of this building and then climb to the top on a ladder during a hurricane to shut the generator off before it blows up? And we were like, so somebody had to do it. I climbed for fun. I didn't go on top of the building. I climbed the 35 flights of stairs and it was brutal running up and they got to stop. You're like, 35, no joke, getting to the top. And then hearing that hum on top of this building, it was crazy. On the Lower East Side, the surge came in and water flooded up to like three or four feet. People are posting videos, these hipsters, and they're like, look how bad it can get, man. So we got this. People are posting video going the other direction. Check this out. Storm clouds are seen as Hurricane Ian approaches St. Petersburg, Florida on September 26th. This is crazy, man, because it's not even there yet. Take a look at this. As of Tuesday at 2 p.m., it will be over Cuba. Okay, it's not going to hit Tampa or Florida until Thursday. At t- it's going to make landfall Thursday at 2 a.m. Yet even still, it is so massive. Parts of it have already gone over Florida. Go away, Ian. 
last night on Timcast IRL, people were like, Ian, use your crystals. Make it stop. I think everybody's going to be okay. I think the cool thing about modern media and, and, and channels like this is that we're able to put out videos. We're able to, to give people a warning several days in advance. And so this is the important, the, the, the big important thing right here, man. The important thing that you guys pay attention to where this is at. Now, we're, taking, we're, taking, uh, we're paying attention um, because we're up here in the Washington, D.C. area. Sunday at 2 a.m., it's going to be a depression they're forecasting, which means if you're even Nashville is going to see a major storm for this. So I'm telling you, while you can take it seriously, if you live in those areas, you might still be able to get like emergency supplies, though I don't think you will need it for this storm. I'm just saying, dude, sometimes it rains. The entire state of South Carolina is going to be over this, and it's probably going to be a storm or depression. I'm not entirely sure if we have the full forecast here. Let me see. So this is just the, the, the look at this, man. Another empty, gro- empty grocery store. You can see there's some water bottles left. They say as people stock up on items, this is September 26 in St. Petersburg. Here we go. So I don't, I don't know if we have what the forecast plan is. We can see right now it's very, very intense. There's other storm pockets, depressions. Miami's being hit by a heavy storm right now. So let's see. Okay, here we go. Saturday early a.m. So let's, let's track this. Uh, Friday morning. So around Saturday, it's going to be over Georgia. And by then the winds are only going to be about 35 miles an hour. So that's good news. And it's going to reach Atlanta, Charlotte and Savannah with 30 mile an hour winds. Not apocalyptic, still very, very serious. Here I am doing my weather report. As you can see here, the depression, the storm will reach 35 miles an hour. No, man, I'm mostly concerned about situations where people could be seriously harmed by this. And I want you guys to stay safe. So you know, as we do news and commentary, I will tell you all to please pay attention. Check this out. We have the peak storm surge forecast. A storm surge of up to 10 feet of ocean water and 10 inches of rain is predicted to, to drench the Tampa Bay area with as much as 15 inches in isolated areas, enough water to inundate coastal communities. So the storm surge is what you got to pay attention to. We can see here in Tampa, it's going to be between 5 and 10 feet. St. Augustine up to 2 to 4 feet. Miami seems to be okay. The Keys are going to get hit by 2 to 4 feet. Naples, 3 to 5 um, we've got five to eight feet here, just south of Tampa. Y'all take it seriously, man. Check it out. Clearwater, Florida's Gulf Coast. Residents are lining up to fill up sandbags. Look at this big old piles of sand. Sandbags to uh, try and divert the floods. People are building trenches. NASA have also been forced to delay the launch of its Artemis rocket again because of the hurricane barreling towards the coast, meaning they will not be able to attempt another launch for at least three weeks. Ah, oh, that one really sucks. They keep having to delay the launch of the of, of the Artemis going to the moon because of various problems. That's cool, dude. That's a massive rocket. I'm excited to see it. More photos of people uh, getting ready. Here you go, man. This is the stuff I'm talking about. Okay, I'm not I'm not a meteorologist. I can't tell you about that. What I can tell you is about people. And here's what happens. Look at this. Costco, no regular water out of stock. Here's what I recommend: glass. We've, uh, I recommend, we, we've got bottled water because you always want to have emergency water. In fact, I'm going to order some emergency water right now. Not em- I, so we have big, big shipments of, of bottled water come in because we have so many guests and employees that people drink water all the time. We should probably just get a water cooler. That's probably a good idea. And we have double fil- a double filtration system, two nine-stage filters. It goes through twice, adds minerals back. But you're going to go to the stores and you're going to find, man... You're not going to be able to get you're not going to be able to get any water. I recommend against plastic bottles. I'm not a fan of them. We have a bunch of glass bottles we bought. We fill them up. The other thing you can do is we used to get this advice in Chicago. I don't know if it pertains to Florida. Fill your bathtub up. 
Fill up your bathtub and plug it because you're going to be able to get, what is that, like 50 to 100? I don't know how, many, how big your bathtub is, 50 gallons or something. Fill up your bathtub, plug the drain, seal it nice and tight because after the storm hits, there may not be water. And you can get that. If, if, if we're looking a couple days out and you've got access to fresh water, that's what they say you're supposed to do. In Chicago, when big storm, storms would come, they would say to fill up your bathtub because if water gets knocked out for some reason or there's a pipe burst and the pressure drops, you will you will survive. You need water. We got more of this, man. More uh, public spokesperson says as we continue to monitor Ian, public locations may limit quantities of items such as water to best serve the majority of our customers. Take a look at this, man. More shortages, more uh, supplies being drained. This is, uh, I guess this is Publix. So we're already seeing peanut butter, jelly, and baby formula. I think the good news is, a lot of this is being sold because people are buying it. But if you're late to the party and you're last in line, you ain't getting it. Price gouging for items has been reported across the state, with the state's attorney general issuing a stern warning against the practice. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say one, one last thing on this about price gouging. I'm not completely opposed to it. Think, what I am opposed to is people buying up all the supplies and then reselling it. That's bad. But if someone buys a shit like a crate for a pallet of bottled water, and drives it into a disaster and says, it costs this much. That's a, that's a good thing. Some people are saying that like, oh, you're ripping off people who need it. Like, no, 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 dude. If I had to spend 500 bucks to drive down here and I had to spend, you know, 30 bucks per case. So I'm, sell- I'm making up that 500 bucks by selling each bottle for more than they normally cost. That's not price gouging. That's called the disaster economy. And that's something people need to pay attention to. When we've often gone down to cover news in disasters. The one thing you need to understand is what's called the disaster economy, where everything costs substantially more, is extremely hard to get, and you got to be prepared for this. Look at these long lines, man. I'm telling you, this is why you want to have supplies in advance. This is why I shout out safe and ready meals. This is why I take this stuff seriously, because bad storms could hit you wherever you are. Wherever you are, there could be an earthquake. That, I mean, you're not in a fault zone, a fault, fault area. I get it. You're not in a storm area. Many people are in areas that are typically fine. I'm just saying, you're in Florida, man. You're on the Gulf. You're on the coasts. This stuff happens. Virginia got hit. I was in Irene. New York got hit. Now, that, now we just had up in like Montauk and Long Island, there was big storm surges. I'm just telling you, man, you buy one of these things, keep yourself safe. And I think y'all should take the warnings of, of, the, of the government here seriously. Governor Ron DeSantis has waived weight restrictions for trucks carrying essential goods with two million meals and a million gallons of water standing by ready to be distributed. I think he's doing a good job so far. So let's see it, man. I don't like doing segments talking about the weather. I got to be completely honest, but I really do just want everybody to be safe. And this storm's coming in. We got a couple days notice. This is that's good. Please take it seriously. Pick up your supplies. Get what you can while you can. Buy water if you haven't. Evacuate if you're in an evacuation zone. And I wish you guys all the best. Stay safe. To all of our friends down in Florida, we've got staff down in Florida. We've got a lot of friends down in Florida. We're big fans of DeSantis. I hope you guys will be okay. There's going to be a lot of damage after this. I can only imagine. So let's see. You know, right now we got a big election uh, 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 happening. Ron, I think, is going to be able to, to do a good job and, and get the supplies in and do what needs to be done to help the people of Florida after this. And so let's make sure everybody does a good job. Everybody stay safe, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. It's just another insane viral video. A large group of criminals ransacked a Wawa store in Philadelphia. Although criminals, man, if that's truly what this was a group of, we got a lot of criminals. It was just a mob of young people 
running into a Wawa, which for those that aren't familiar, it's like a gas station and convenience store. They do sandwiches and coffee and stuff like that. Ransacking the place, leaving it trash, stealing whatever they want. And then I guess a bunch of them are fighting in the parking lot and standing around and screaming. And the funny thing is, while this is going on, there's like some people as part of the group being like, are you doing sandwiches? And it's like, yo, they are ransacking the store. The funny thing is, Democrats ignored it. They ignored it until it started impacting them. And now they're starting to freak out over it. I think the reality here is, well, we have this article from the New York Post. Progressives don't care about crime until it impacts them. Right now, they're backed into a corner. They're acting like crime isn't a problem because they know it is a problem and they don't want to admit it. So here's what I see. Over a long enough period of time, Democrats basically, they slowly drift towards becoming more and more upper class elites. Why? Because this level of crime only negatively impacts the poor. Now, of course, if you're wealthy, you're not going to want to go to these places. Sure. But if you're wealthy, you don't have to. So what ends up happening? The Democratic Party consists of a variety of people. Crime starts getting bad. Poor people are negatively impacted. They say, hey, can we fix this? And the rich Democrats who donate to the party, the donor class and the laptop class go, you're all racist. You're all bigots. Far right. So what happens? Eventually, these people say the Democrats don't represent me. Crime is destroying my neighborhood. Let's play this clip. Let's play this clip and then talk politics. Here you go. Take a look at this. There it is. Just ramp. Look at that. They're just throwing stuff for no reason. They're destroying the store. Standing on top of things. One chick appears to be like twerking. That's right. Twerking on top of the, the uh, countertop, I guess. Are you making food? Are you kidding, dude? Your, your group is here destroying the entire store. That's amazing. Do you want to live like this? We lived in the Philly area. This is why we don't anymore. Take a look at this. Everything's just destroyed. Smashed bottles. Garbage. The shelves are flipped over and just, it's just ransacked. It's crazy. That's why you can't have nice things. Dude filming goes outside and what do you see? People are like yelling. They're, they're fighting. They're throwing stuff. Okay. Look at that. Are they fighting right there? So this is why I say it's falling apart. You can't watch a video like this over and over again and conclude anything else. We have the story from CBS about 100 juveniles ransack Wawa in Philadelphia's Mayfair section. So uh, we lived in the Philly area prior to coming to here. And when the rioters crossed the bridge and made their way into the sleepy suburbs of South Jersey, look. It's only a few minutes drive from where we lived to the bridge into Philly. If you wanted to go to Philadelphia from where we were, it was literally like a 10 minute drive. Yeah, no joke. You get on the highway, you're on the highway for five minutes, and then you're over the bridge into Philly. So we were relatively close. You could drive only a couple of minutes to the river and just look across and see Philadelphia. It was nice while it lasted. Nice little suburb. There were some great little restaurants, really. And, and the mall was right there. We were by uh, um, Woodbury. Is it a mall over there? And uh, and then the, the rioters crossed the bridge. And so I was just like, dude, I'm not going to stick around for this. They, the, the, the Summer of Love riots crossed the bridge. I didn't think it was going to happen. So I left. This is exactly why. Why would you want to live like this? CBS reports a group of about 100 juveniles ransacked a Wawa in Philadelphia's Mayfair section Saturday night. 
The store is located on Roosevelt Boulevard and Tyson Avenue. Police are working with the Philadelphia school district to identify the young people seen in the video ransacking the store. But they are also pleading for the public's health, especially help, especially to the parents of these alleged vandals. Yeah, OK. Police are uh, cell phone video captures the chaos as juveniles stole and broke things throughout the store. That's right. Twerking on top of a countertop. That's it. R- looters, riots and twerking on top of the counter. I want to just stress that. It's amazing. It was approximately 50 to 100 people. Philadelphia police captain John J. Ryan said the Wawa was completely sacked by the kids coming inside and destroying things. And thankfully, there were no injuries to the Wawa personnel. You know what, man? I'm surprised because I don't know what the the laws are in Philadelphia, but Pennsylvania is a fairly gun. Their gun laws ain't so bad. But I'm glad nobody got hurt here because I got to tell you, man, if there were people throwing stuff and trashing stuff. In West Virginia, I'd imagine somebody would be bleeding out. No joke. I'm glad that that didn't happen. But you don't you don't come out here and walk into a store and start attacking, you know, just start vandalizing and destroying things without someone being like, stop what you're doing because you are going to get someone hurt. I mean, not only that, that chick that was twerking on the counter, she could have fallen off and gotten hurt. It's crazy. Then they're out in the parking lot. Police are working to identify the suspects who they say are facing serious charges. That can include riot, criminal mischief, vandalism, theft, riot being a felony. Yeah, right. After they roller skated, they started fighting inside the Rolling Thunder. After they went inside Rolling Thunder, they started fighting and going crazy in Wawa and throwing chips. Unhinged. This is it. This is your civilization on the back end. That's it. Maybe it's the fall of the Roman Republic. Maybe it's the fall of the Roman Empire. I don't know. But eventually someone's going to cross that Rubicon. Assuming that is the case, that was the fall of the Roman Republic. Caesar crossing the Rubicon and then installing an autocracy, making himself emperor, basically. So we'll see. I don't know. I do know that crime is insane. Take a look at this. Woman, 33, fears she'll lose eye after being thrown across JFK airport subway station by homeless convicted murderer as she made her way to work. Yo, this is crazy. Elizabeth Gomez was on her way to work at JFK at 5.15 a.m. September 20th when she was attacked at the airport station. Waheed Foster tried to start a conversation with her, but when she ignored him, he followed her and launched a savage attack. Foster, who was arrested for murdering his 82-year-old foster grandmother in a brutal beating at the age of 14, kicked and punched Gomez. One man tried to come to Gomez's aid, but Foster chased him away and resumed attacking Gomez. He was arrested as he tried to leave the station. Welcome to uh, your Democrat world. How much do you want to bet? And I'm, I'm trying to be nice here, but how much do you want to bet Elizabeth Gomez voted Democrat? I'm willing to bet. I don't know for sure. I'm just saying in a city that's 80% Democrat, you got a simple bet there. You put down 20 bucks, you're only going to win five because the likelihood is that she actually voted Democrat. Now, I don't know. But there's a, there's a viral video going around. It's been going on for a while of this woman in her car screaming. And she's like, I just had to pay $94 for gasoline. Ah! Ah!" And it's kind of just like sad, cringe and hilarious. She's complaining that she's like, I have to choose between gas and food. And what do you think I'm going to pick? $94, $94 of gasoline for my take at Costco. Ah!" And then all of a sudden, I don't know where she goes. The religious right did this. The religious right. What? Are you nuts? The religious right wants your gas to be cheap. They drill, baby, drill. 
That was Sarah Palin. These people are psychotic. Come on. It's the religious right who's trying to drill baby drill. What are you talking about? Sarah Palin comes out and this is back in like 2008, drill baby drill. Yo, if the Republican religious right had their way, gas would be 50 cents because they'd be pumping oil like crazy and profits would be through the roof. Then Joe Biden comes in. He's like, come on, man, we're going to ban gas. Do not have a pressure. And then they ban bans fracking, shuts down the Keystone Pipeline and your gas prices skyrocket. You also had the Ukraine uh, uh, war where under Trump, Putin doesn't make any moves. Then as soon as Biden, as soon as Biden gets in, it's war, war, higher gas prices. Europe, higher gas prices, higher energy costs across the board. But these people are so insane and so ignorant that they literally will vote for a guy who's like, I'm going to stop producing oil. And they're like, OK, that's a good thing. Then your gas prices skyrocket. and They go, must be the Republicans fault. I love it. I love that they come out and they're like, Republicans are to blame because they're driving up gas prices with record and making record profits. And I'm like, dude, sure, I get that. I'm not discounting it, but you literally voted for the guy who said he was going to stop the production of oil. And now you're complaining it costs more. Absolutely incredible world that we live in. They keep voting for politicians who are like, we should release criminals. Now John Fetterman in PA comes out and he's like, we should release a bunch of criminals. And it's like, okay, you realize you're gonna get more crime. Now I'm, I'm all in favor of Fetterman and, and, and uh, the governor, they have a plan to pardon nonviolent offenders. But you got to realize maybe now is not the time. Okay, like I'm in favor of people convicted on marijuana charges, having their charges vacated or commuted or dropped or whatever. But you got to understand some of these people were pleading down for more violent offenses. Some of these people maybe didn't get caught engaging in violent offenses. So it's not so easy. I wish it was because I don't think nonviolent offenders should be in jail. They should be in house arrest or something like that. But maybe it's not, now is not the time when Philadelphia crime is through the roof. Look at this. Disturbing moment. Gunman points weapon at Philadelphia subway passenger's head. SEPTA cops launch probe as the Dem led city records 750 shootings in summer of mayhem. I'm glad I left. I'm also kind of worried that I did. You know why? See, I was saying this when I was in New York. I was like, it's going to get bad, so I'm going to leave. And we go to South Jersey, the Philly suburbs. Then I, and, and then it did. And then you had you have you have rioting in New York. You have uh, homicides through the roof. There were some bombings. That's that was the catalyst for me to leave. People got uh, two cops got executed. I was there for that on my street. And I'm just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Go to South Jersey, start seeing the crime escalate. And I said, I don't want to be here. It's going to get worse. Lo and behold, Philadelphia, all of it just getting substantially worse. So we move out to the middle of nowhere to uh, West Virginia. It's not really the middle of nowhere. It's Harper's Ferry, basically. And Harper's Ferry is awesome. And now what I'm seeing is nationwide this high risk for some kind of civil war, civil conflict. And people are saying, no, you're wrong. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Maybe, dude. But man, I was right about some other stuff that. Uh, and so I don't know. I was wrong about a lot, too. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I was wrong. But I'm kind of worried that this is going to get substantially worse. Check this out. The video, which went viral on Reddit and Twitter, shows a gunman sticking up and pointing his weapon at the head of a man waiting on the subway. Both Philadelphia police and officials for SEPTA told Daily Mail the incident happened in July. A SEPTA spokesperson said that no shots were fired during the incident and no one was injured. Spokespersons for both the police and transit say that no arrests have been made and the event is still under investigation. It's bonkers, man. Here you go. Corinne Jean-Pierre blasted for non-answers on crime. She is so bad at this. She really, really is the most awful, one of the worst. I mean, Jen Psaki, at least she was a circle back girl. 
She'd be like, I'll circle back. I'll circle back. And then she wouldn't, or sometimes she would. But Jen Psaki, she'd answer, she'd answer, she'd give her her spin, whatever. I think the whole White House press secretary is a big waste of time. The, the press briefings are a waste of time, mind you. But Karine Jean-Pierre is just so insanely bad at this. It's a sure, they don't care anymore. They literally just don't care. They're like, put, so, put anybody there, who cares? And then you get this, and she's the worst. Non-answers. It's like, does Biden think crime is bad? It's not a yes or no question. It's very much a question of what has to be done. What has he done to make sure that cities have the funding and they need to protect their community? What does Biden think America's big cities are safe? It is a yes or no question. You can say the answer is no. The answer is it's, it's not an absolute. Uh, I mean, let, 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 me, let, me, let, me, let me explain how you do this, right? Let me, let me mansplain. Here's what I'd say. I'd say, you know, I think Biden would probably say the answer is no. I think he would probably say the answer is no, but I don't want to come off like it's an absolute apocalyptic no. It's a, you know, things are getting bad and we see we see the crime rates, which is why he's taking action. Biden has provided funding, blah, blah, blah. That's how you answer the question. You answer the question. You, you, you be authentic. Come on. You can say Biden thinks the cities are safe. You could even say this. You could say yes. And in fact, say yes. Say absolutely. Joe Biden thinks the big cities are safe. While we are seeing a rise in crime, action has been taken that has greatly mitigated this. And you can see this here, here, and here. Have answers. Have some answers. Don't just be like, I don't know. You know, he's doing something. Something's happening. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. Progressives only care about crime after they've been robbed or are about to lose an election. The streets of American cities aren't safe. For one of the great big men in NBA history, Hall of Fame center Bill Walton, six foot eleven, the proud pot smoking Bon Vivant, who has openly supported BLM and a host of other progressive causes, causes, causes sorry, has suddenly turned tough on crime. Why? For the same reason so many Americans have, he was a victim of it. In a fiery letter to San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria, Walton wrote, once again, while peacefully riding my bike early the Sunday morning in Balboa Park, I was threatened, chased and assaulted by, a home, by the homeless population in our park. Once again, you've done nothing and continue to do nothing. Funny how an up close and personal experience with violent crime can change one's perspective. Or dare we say, as Irving Crystal once famously quipped, mug one's reality. And it's not just the former hoop heroes who are hopping off the soft on crime bandwagon in L.A. Mayoral, mayoral hopeful Rep. Karen Bass, who once had never seen a police department she didn't want to defund, is now worried about her own safety. Bass said in a debate months ago that she does not feel safe in L.A., but after her home was robbed and two guns, which she had for protection, were stolen, the mayor says, I did feel safe until my safety was shattered like so many Angelinos. You vile scumbag. You in L.A. with two guns. And then you have the nerve to say when those were stolen, you no longer feel safe. These people are despotic psychopaths. But you know what? Fine. If you're stupid enough to vote for them, you shouldn't be carrying a weapon anyway. Now, I don't really think that. I think everyone has a right to keep in bare arms. But you know what? You reap what you sow. You vote for these people. You vote for Democrats in California. They take away your, your protection, your right to self-defense. And then they have the nerve to spit in your face and say, I felt safe when I had guns. But those were taken away. Absolutely incredible. These vile scumbags will come out and vomit all over our political system, allowing crime to run rampant until someone comes for them. Absolute disgusting hypocrisy. 
this is why I got away from the cities, because this is what you deal with on a daily basis. These pathetic scumbags, they'll come out and be like, I have armed guards. Why should I care about gun rights? It's, what, it's, 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 it's the way it works. You want to hire private security? You can outsource the keeping and bearing of arms. Why? Guns aren't banned. Private security, they can have guns. You can go and take your test and get your, your license to carry open as a security guard. And there are restrictions. Here's the funny thing. Here's how it works in Maryland. Maryland is a scumbag state. If you are a private citizen, it's extremely difficult to get a weapon. You also can't conceal or open carry. Now, they claim that they allow concealed carry permits, but you have to jump through hoops that are not impossible to accomplish. Fortunately, a Supreme Court ruling came down. Now they have to. But I, I doubt they still will. Here's how it works. Let's say uh, you live in Maryland. OK, you can have a weapon on your property. You got to get a handgun qualification. You've got to get uh, uh, you got to take a test. If you want to buy like a rifle or something, I think you can just as a resident of Maryland buy uh, a rifle. Not too uh, difficult. You fill out the forms, you do the background check, but you can't carry it around. You can't bring it out with you. So uh, no safety for you off your property. If you're on your property and someone threatens you, you have to retreat to your property into the building. If they then try to breach the building, you are then allowed to defend yourself. New Jersey's worse. But it's how it works for security guards. The wealthy ultra elites have manufactured a system in which you can't keep and bear arms unless you are serving someone else. For the most part, you can hire a security guard in Maryland. And for the most part, they can bear arms once they get to work. So if you're a security guard and you're hired by one of these wealthy elites, these these Democrat donors and anti-gun people, you show up to their property. You've got your guns. You can carry the guns in the in the process of defending them, but not open carry or concealed carry in public without special licensing. So for many security guards, not all. Once you leave work, you can no longer protect yourself. You have to separate the magazines, clear the clear the right, clear the weapon, separate them and place them in the trunk. Then you can leave. You're allowed to transport them up and to and from work. That means that if you're a bodyguard for a wealthy liberal elite, while you're on the property, you're armed. And if anyone comes for them, you can defend them with lethal force. But when you leave that same person, let's say let's say a hitman, he's like, we got to go after this this wealthy guy. And so they're like, oh, no, look at that. He's got a bodyguard. I can't do nothing. He's got a guy armed guards. OK, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get the guard first. So then the armed guard disarms himself and leaves, gets rammed, jumps out of his car, runs to the trunk, trying to get his weapon and then gets grabbed and shaken down or whatever. Because you can't protect yourself. Now, I'm sure there may be some rules. You know, you could you, you, you could probably get a concealed carry permit. It's just more difficult. But the point ultimately is this. Rich people can say, you go get your weapon. You assume the liability. You protect me and I won't have to think about it. In the long run, I think it's still a losing position. But this is what they do. Former Boston Celtic, is it Celtics, Celtics player Bill Walton. He has the nerve to complain when he supports BLM. They want to defund the police. And now you're mad? Yes. Um, Bill, uh, I'd like you to meet the consequences of your own actions. So you know what? Enjoy it. You are now reaping what you have sown. And it's funny. If, I mean, if I was the mayor, I'd respond to him being like, are you kidding? We did everything you wanted. You supported this. Spare me. I'd make it public. If I got a letter from this guy and he was like, you know, I got attacked by a homeless guy, I'd be like, 
I see your politics. I, I, I'll put the response on the front page of the newspaper and everyone can see here's my response to you. You voted for more crime. Now you have the nerve to complain about it. I hope you are learning what this means and I hope you are adjusting your politics. Otherwise, you're going to get more of it. But at the end of the day, I suppose for these people, it'll just come come a time where they walk into a Wawa and some woman is standing up on a counter and twerking while people ransack the place. And you're like, I just wanted a burrito. Yeah, too bad. You're not going to get one because you supported this. You voted for this. What did you think was going to happen? And they keep doing it. They act like they're all righteous and justice, righteous and just. And then we see it with the BLM riots when that guy was in Beverly Hills tweeting like, yeah, riot. And then wait a minute. They're starting to come to my neighborhood. No, go back. Go downtown. Of course, for those that don't know, downtown L.A. is where most of the poor people live. So this guy who lived in Beverly Hills was cheering for rioters destroying a poor neighborhood and then panicking when they came to his. Welcome to American politics. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.